This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Spare Men. Right now, you can tell your best awkward summer story for a chance to win a $500 Amazon gift card. Entering is easy. Have a friend send you a talk request and tell them your awkward summer story in five minutes or less. Use the hashtag hashtag awkward summer story contest and you will be automatically entered to win download the spare man app today or visit spareman.com for more info today's show is sponsored by seat geek buying tickets online has always been a confusing process but not with seat geek download the seat geek app today to start saving Enter promo code bad christian and seat geek will send you a 20 dollar rebate after your first ticket purchase SeatGeek is your ticket to amazing sports ticket deals. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, jerks, here we go. This is Matt. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. We are doing shows next week. I'm talking about Emory. We got Emory Acoustic Live in Atlanta next Tuesday the 29th, Nashville next Wednesday the 30th, and then, of course, we're going to be at Audio Feed uh, on the weekend. And audio feed special. We're going to be doing the question uh, all the way through with Devin, uh, Matt and Toby, and Devin doing an acoustic set and this podcast live. You can get your tickets at badchristianday.com. Buy your tickets now. And let me tell you something else. We're going to give away a guitar that somebody donated a Charvel Desolation guitar. It's a really nice guitar. Anyway, somebody that buys a ticket from us at badchristianday.com and shows up to audio feed is going to go home with that guitar. So, you know, giveaway, something special, something fun. So please come see us there. And if you want to go to the Atlanta or Nashville Emory Acoustic date, go to emoryacoustic.com and get your ticket there. Also, we don't have a venue yet for the Atlanta show. So if you live in Atlanta and know a cool place where you could play like a shared workspace or a coffee shop when it closes or a big house, it's going to be, you know, 50 or 100 people, something real small, don't need a real venue. Then uh, email us at music at badchristian.com if you can help us find a place to, you know, to host the Emory Acoustic Show that night. And please, everybody, go to badchristian.com and see all the music we've got coming out now. There's an Emory Acoustic Live record. Sherwood's record just came out. Zach Boland's record is out. And you can get King's Kaleidoscope vinyl pre-order for their new album. And you can also get house of heroes album on pre-order great music stuff and we're really happy to be able to put out good music like this so please please it really means a lot if you want to support these artists by buying some of their music if you like it so go check it out see if you like it uh anyway yeah lots of music related stuff anyway moving on get to the episode here we go hey yo joey yo joey you there man hey Joey, you there? Hey. Can you do something that they used to do back in the day called drop some knowledge? Y'all drop some knowledge on this mug. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> it's your beard, Christian. All right. Welcome. Man, what a wonderful way to start the show! Mm-hmm. It, it, and it's apparently Matt is still going. It's not keep even on rolling. <laughs> well, All right, welcome we to are... the show, everybody. Oh, welcome to the show. We are live here, still in uh, old uh, Tra- I'm still here in Charleston. 
Still here in Charleston. Hanging out. Uh, The heat is is going. What do you think about the weather, guys? (laughs) Oh, it is hot. It is hot. I got a text from my mom that a distant cousin died. Yeah, it's really funny. Joey showed it to me, and it's not. I swear, I (laughs) said, Joey, your mom has to be joking. She is like she just she text when somebody dies. She just texts him exactly that. This guy is, is Steve McNeil died. And Joey was like, I mean, just that's to see it. Like, that's the whole what I text. got during staff right. meeting. Right. And then so Joey, this, this is, what, what this did you is, text her back? Like, how, how did he die? I said, was it, what is it, unexpected? I said, unexpectedly. And she said, yes, he was sitting in his chair. <laughs> he was sitting in his chair. <laughs> <laughs> and that and, was and, it. And this, this is a dude that I actually like. He's right. like a family member. But it is definitely distant that, enough to where I'm not super bummed out. This, dude, I'm telling you, listen, when I lived at home, I was awakened during Christmas break. Joey, Reggie White died. On the summer when I was in high school, Joey, Reggie Lewis died. Boston Celtic star. I, when my great-grandfather died, she woke me up. Joey, your great-grandfather died. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm like, Mom, can I just get, get a second to clear the sleet out of my eyes? Yeah. I mean, That's I mean, funny she, that your whole family you is like so anything. interesting, people. And, and it's neat that the technology part here is what kind of interests me about that that funny tidbit there because it's almost like because of text messaging the the message was ultra brief but what you're confirming is no that's the way she communicates if she wakes up at seven in the morning because at first you want to say it's a thing with mom's texting okay so what i picture in my head is almost like it that could almost be uh an emoji conversation like it would say brian uh mcnamara and then like a (laughs) coffin emoji (laughs) whatever and then and then you you would write back like a sad face fist bump you know, and, and that's that's how, what y'all do now. <laughs> or, never mind. I was going to take it to a way more morbid <laughs> level. But, yeah, in my mom's defense, I mean, it's a family member, so she wanted me to know. And if it was like if it was her mother, you know, Mama Jean, I, she totally would have called me. But still, it was like, oh, OK. Okay, he's dead. Entertaining family. But yeah, the, the, I think the technology thing and the, all the, yeah, just the whole thing with Facebook and stuff and the generations getting into this internet thing mid life is, uh, totally. is, is totally. something that's on my mind today. I've think, been thinking about Facebook and this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Facebook, I, I actually uh, I figured something out. I'm going to say yesterday, I guess. And it is that I am fully 100% addicted to my phone like i have an, <laughs> i have a, i have an addiction to it uh, well what do you mean though people that. throw that i mean people throw that around a lot this uh, the addiction thing i'm see. addicted to uh, you know I, t- right. tacos or whatever uh i can't live without it <laughs> like i cannot like uh, this list this actually happened to me we took the kids to the library the other day i went and looked at my books first that i got i got like uh two Cormac McCarthy books. So I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I'm not even going to be able to understand this, but I'm just going to read. And, you know, I was feeling great about myself. Took the books back, sat down at a table uh, and let Jess, I watched the kids in the kids section while Jess went and got her books. And I'm just sitting there. Kids are doing whatever. And I was like, ah, oh, I left my phone at home. I guess I just got to sit here. And I sat there for about four minutes and I was like, wait a minute. I could read a book. You're at the library. Because <laughs> all you like do I on your could, phone is read and look at right. pictures, and then the library's full of it. Right. I didn't. My first instinct was like, oh, I don't have my phone. I can't do anything. And I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> like, this can't be right. I mean, I mean what am I doing? And I, I started realizing, you know, I listen to podcasts every night before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, as I fall asleep and I wake up with them, I wake up sometimes thinking, oh, man, is somebody talking to me? And, and I, like, I go into some kind of mode of I, I fell asleep around somebody or something like that. And so with all that being said, I just was like, what am I doing? 
And I realized I'm looking at Facebook. Right. I'm looking at Bleacher Report sports site just to like, hey, what did LeBron do last night or something, whatever that is. Your so daughters are saying, I, Dad, please, th- please time talk with me. to me, Father. You haven't talked to me in seven days. <laughs> uh, and I was like, shut up. I'm on Facebook. And uh, so I deleted Facebook from my phone, the app. Uh, if I need wow. to use it for like Emory or whatever, I'm going to. But I'm just going to chill. For, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's the most horrible thing ever, but it is a waste of time for me more than it is helpful. Like now, when you're I, on I'm Facebook. Up, basically, what I do with Facebook is read it and judge other people right. how stupid they are <laughs> <laughs> or how cool they are. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, that, now that guy or girl, they're really cool. So you basically scroll through your news feed and read yep, stuff. Yep, I do. And I just, yeah. I'm just like, I, sh- I can't do this. And why, why am I looking at sports when I know enough about them already? And so I'm just doing that. And then um, I heard, what was that comedian that said uh, she turned her phone to black and white like grayscale or whatever and it, it does help too it's not as interesting if the colors aren't there was it so Whitney I'm Cummings to, on Joe yeah, Rogan yeah, yeah. yeah yep, I heard that sure was and so uh the other thing is that so this morning I was like I've been running I felt like I've been like the last few weeks with all this move and all this stuff that we've been doing selling our house and stuff I've been feeling like I've been just running to my phone as hey everything's crazy I'll just hang out on my phone and you know yeah. whatever play a game play Candy Crush read about yeah, sports read about play, uh, and so uh I was just like ah Forget it. I'm just I just can't do this. And I wake up and read emails and everything. Like the first thing I do is look at my phone. So this morning I said, I am not going to look at my phone for one hour, no matter what. And I'm gonna and 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 let me let me go a little <laughs> bit hour. further. I've been feeling crazy lately. <laughs> like I think I had my first panic attack this week out of nowhere. I think that uh, you know, all this crazy stuff's been happening and I've been really stressed and trying to kind of avoid and I've been using my phone and technology for that. And I was like, what am I doing here? And how am I starting my day? So I actually this morning, I said no phone for an hour, and that means even if I go to the bathroom or whatever, you know what I mean? I'm not going to look at my phone no matter what. There's no time where I'm going to allow myself to be. Uh, I'd rather be just bored than look at the phone. And um, I bet I tried some breathing exercises. I'm going to start doing this thing. This guy called Wim Hof, my friend Keegan, he gave me some videos of Wim Hof, and he's this crazy guy that can you know control his breathing and has done all these crazy uh, ice things, and he does like ice baths, and he's climbed Everest like a million times, and done it in like, I don't know, ice flip flops. It's the craziest thing in the world. So I started my day by doing these breathing exercises, like hard. I go, mm-hmm. and I'd breathe out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Wim Hof. And I recommend trying it. Anyway, I'm just getting started. So it might, I might hate it, but I'm just getting started. But you can Google it and find out information. But then I let all my air out, talking with Keegan and watching a few of the videos. Because if you keep your air in, it starts to turn to carbon dioxide and then your body thinks you need oxygen also you just let it all out and I sat laid in my bed for like 30 it might have only been 30 seconds might have been a minute I don't know for a long time with no air no breathing and just was quiet and it like kind of centered me for the day and then I know this sounds crazy I didn't even tell Jess this part but like we had we haven't had sex in probably several days right and I'm just feeling horny (laughs) and I want to have sex with my wife but this morning, I, after doing those breathing exercises, I prayed, and I was like, before I got out of bed, I was just my wife popped in my head. And I think it's because I was like maybe kind of focused, and I was like, wait a minute, you know, I could go in and do my regular, uh, you know, pinch her butt or hug her or you know, tell her how hot she is, and no, oh, I'm horny, babe, or whatever. And I was like, what can I do to like not get anything out of it? Like I know this sounds crazy, it makes me sound like I'm this good guy. I'll probably do the exact opposite tomorrow, but at least this morning. So you whacked off in the bathroom, no, and then- I didn't. And I said, I want to, I said, what can I do just to like, what would make my wife happy this morning? And I was like, maybe I just, if I see an opportunity, I'm going to do that. So this morning, not only 
I wasn't like flirty or anything with my wife trying not to be. And I actually was able to, I just saw opportunities and I gave her a, a short massage and I also washed some dishes. And I was like, I know that's not a lot and she needs more than that. And I'm not saying that I did anything amazing at all, but it kind of set my whole day to where I promise you today I felt great. Like yep. I've been feeling really all over the place and crazy. And today, and it might just be today, but today I, I felt good. Like I was like, man, I'm, I'm present. And I play, I actually played with my kids too. Like I turned off the TV. Usually <laughs> father of the year. The man, good gosh. Turn off the t- I, I was like, turn off the TV. And they're like, will you play with us? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yes, I will. I will. And, and I was like, shit, this is, I mean, that's fucked up. That's not like a hero, dad. That's like a loser. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I got, I found out I got weak to live. I better, I better hang out with my kids. The day daddy turned off the TV. June, you were too young to remember the day daddy put his phone away, but it was, it was a big day. <laughs> I, I do think you're, I mean, I, I have definitely struggled with that. And I, I went through seasons where I would leave my phone in the garage and I would just say, I'm not going out there because yeah. I mean, I, I got to a point where I was carrying my phone around the house when I'm like giving the kids a bath. Right. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Me too. Like, yeah. why do, and here's what's so crazy, dude, when you and I met, uh, imagine you were at Winthrop university and you did not have a cell phone. I know. Like, th- and you say you need that. You didn't have it for the first 20, right. it, eight it, years I of mean, your people life. Thought, you know, I, what was so funny. I was talking to somebody about this the other day when I was growing up real charismatic, you know, backwoods church, they were so worried about a chip being planted in your skin. It was the mark of the beast and the mark of the beast <laughs> is going to get you. It's if, if it was, this is it. Everybody's phone. I mean, you are fully, your body and life is fully integrated so much so that right now you don't know how you don't know directions as well. You don't know how to get places without your phone. Oh, totally. You don't know. You know. I mean, this is how you buy a lot of your shit now, and it's just really crazy. I mean, it's technology is fully integrated into our life, and I just wanted to take a moment because I feel so swayed by just all the stuff that's going on in my life, and I was like, shit, man, I'm I'm being really selfish here too. Like, and and when I say I felt good today, it, it was it felt good. Like I'm here. Like, yeah. It just wasn't just. I, I know that sounds maybe even like a little goofy and foo-foo and stuff like that and, and i'm not really like that but today i thought i'm not maybe i can not be just as selfish well and i, I have to admit i physically feel better today it might I, and i don't want to make this big stance i might go back tomorrow tomorrow i might wake up and check emails and be shitty and all that stuff but I, at least today i had one great clear day hey matt gives invention ideas once in a while and and lets people go wild on it i want to give one like you have x3 watch how cool would it be if Toby, your cell phone was connected to mine in a way to where when you log on Facebook, uh, I don't have to be on my phone to actually see this because when you get off Facebook, I get a text that says Toby was on Facebook for 45 minutes. Or if you go on Candy Crush, it notifies me that Toby's playing Candy Crush and then it notifies me when you stop. And I get like this lot, these lines of what you do on your phone. You would definitely think. Yeah. If somebody else knows how much time I'm spending on my phone, right. it would Yeah, it would even if you just help. saw the report, it's the same way as if you wrote down everything you eat, it makes you eat less. So if you right. got a report of you spent this many minutes mid-scroll on Facebook or whatever it was, it would well, probably I, be helpful. I was really thinking, too, everybody, the only problem with that is everybody exaggerates anyway, and it would be shocking if you actually saw how much time you really do waste on stupid shit like that because it's the same thing everybody if you when you really ask somebody when you go to the doctor they go do you have one to three drinks and everybody goes oh yeah yeah two yeah i had three maybe three a week you know what i mean like everybody (laughs) you know and but then when you ask people you know what actually i did polish off a six pack last week and then you know everybody kind of exaggerates a little bit on everything so i think it just really is something that is so has me so tangled up that it, it i feel like it kind of has played out physically yeah. and the best news was i felt good today that's yeah. good I, 
So praise God. Well, I think praise the Lord. Weird. Hey, let me let me let me ask let me ask something about sex real quick because I just want to confess something to you guys. This is has been like a problem in our marriage for a long time, and that is there are times when I want to really not only not only com- communicate to Priscilla that hey, our marriage is not all about sex, but I want to show her. And so what I'll do sometimes is I'll be like I'll I'll go into this thinking we're not going to have sex, but I'm going to give her a kick-ass body massage. Right. Yeah. What happens? It turns me on. I mean, my hands all over my wife right. is always going to turn me on, and then I'm all charged up, and I can't go to sleep. So it's either, right. oh, can we now? Or I just toss and turn. Well, that's why it worked out this morning. That's why I was like, hey, I'm going to do this now, so that way our kids are walking around and all this stuff. Right. I'm just, you know, it's not going to go anywhere because I was trying to not make it about me. I wanted to really honor my wife. I still didn't do that good of a job or anything like that. Like I said, I don't want anybody to think, I, oh, man, hero, man, you're awesome. Right. I, I don't. Th- I hope I can keep this up. I, I actually think I'm so addicted that I might not maintain this. This might be literally a two-day thing. One-day thing. <laughs> well, we're, well, we've got a new, new segment that just wrapped up. We're going to continue this. It's called Hero Hour with Toby, the hero family man. Yeah, what was really cool is because I was so present, I was able to – there was an orphanage that was on fire, and I went in. I That's saved great. those little motherfuckers. Because you weren't on your phone. Yeah, I saved 50 or 60 orphans. I found out later it was just a campfire, and they weren't really scared. Uh-oh. I was wondering what all the marshmallows were for, but I saved them. <laughs> well, it's really weird with all the technology anyway, because it's, it's what strikes me during that is your phone is not just a device like a, a, a Game Boy that you're addicted to. It's, it's That's the, what an addict it, would say, Matt. It's a, it's a portal, though, <laughs> to everything. It does your GPS. It does your directions. You actually learn about the world and the news from it, which might be bad in its own way, but it's like this weird... Like, to me, it's a technology thing where we don't know how to use it yet. We have a power kind of beyond the best practices right. is, what, is what I think about. Because there's so much stuff that we're getting from, from these news outlets, your Twitter feed, Facebook, stuff that you select that's high-quality, good, true, real information. Right. But it's, it's also just crazy to be bombarded with it. Like, what you well, get is more than we've ever gotten before, and I don't know if we know how to handle it. And it seems most poignant and prominent in things that are, that are – uh, politicized and and it, yeah. that is kind of the you know now that you bring that up has been freaking me out like all week looking at stuff from like when i was on vacation I, I saw a few things on the internet and i was like man i would like to talk about that i would like to talk about that that's a big deal i wonder what other people think about that and i was thinking about um you know the trump stuff like we hardly even ever talk about talk about trump and it's yeah. just so crazy yeah. all the things and all the stories and the way people react to it. And then there was a John Piper thing. It was two John Piper things that happened while I was on vacation. One was that video where he got laughed at. Did y'all see that? Oh my god! It was, that was unbelievable. unbelievable. He was at was speaking. Amazing. Yeah, look that up. I mean, I, I'm not going to play it right now, but um, he was giving a speech, and the people there were laughing, thinking he was giving talk, you know, talking more funny or something. But they were yeah, just well, in a the laughing person mood. before him was very funny and it was a lighthearted thing and then john mm-hmm. piper comes on and does a piper which is the, the most the serious, thing, serious in thing in the world and he actually went the with it for thing, a while yeah, yeah, and then the he had to break it, about say, it and i don't understand why y'all are laughing he said y'all are the weirdest crowd but ever if he would have been trying he was slaying yeah. like it's he hilarious like just the pivoted, laughter yeah. was unreal it was amazing like context is just unreal i just like at any moment you could laugh or cry at something yeah like the same thing. It's so crazy. And then I saw he had a tweet that people took issue with saying that there, was, there are no innocent children. It was the, 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 the basic boiled down to that. He said there's calamity in the world. There's bad stuff. And, and they, how could God punish innocent 
children or something. He said, there are no innocent children. So a lot of people had issue with that. And, yeah. you know, he's called attention to things in the past about, you know, tornadoes striking people. It, not as direct as the stuff that you see where somebody says, God sent that tsunami to punish those people directly for their sin, but very close to that. There's like a, a somewhat yeah. of a pattern of that. That's really interesting to observe. And then um, the the Orlando shooting just happened. So I don't love weighing in on even on that, but it's it's just right. worth acknowledging or or saying something about. And I'm just wondering how do we get how do we even sort all through this stuff? But it's people's reactions to it are are, are so bothersome. I mean, that's just the, yeah. the bottom line to me is everybody's reaction to all of these things that I've just listed are completely bothersome to me, more than the things themselves in a way. It's like, how are people reacting to these things and why? Is it is it ramped up ignorance? Is it more comments? Are they more charged than before? Are we getting more access? Or is this what people always have been like? You just don't get to see it. That's I'm, I'm really confused on that, but... You know, the, nothing is bothering me more than people's predictable opinions, straight ticket, yeah. party line, predictable reactions right. to things is just blowing my mind. I just don't think it's right. I think part of what you're observing is everybody else's abrasive, blatant opinions are completely accessible to us. So we are bombarded mm-hmm. by hearing perspectives that if we're super, super hot over an issue, it just pisses us off. And so that causes us to go online and just go off. Literally, when people are on Facebook, they're thinking, I'm talking to potentially hun- at least hundreds, if not thousands of people right now. You know what I mean? Like they're, oh, yeah, they're so thinking, it's their moment. They're thinking they're, yeah, they're thinking they're making a statement to a bunch of people. They're not just talking to their friend or just saying something. So I, what's bothering me, too, is how quickly it turns into uh, not the issue. Like uh, it, it really is like outrage at like, 49 people were killed. Well, right? let's just do there, that. There let's just there, do that one. Tell, let's well, just talk about that one. What is okay. your assessment of what happened there? Like, let's see if you well, can do it without having a, uh, having any charge. I mean, what happened? You tell all me. All right, well, here's what, here's what I would like to say. People died. I mean, uh-huh. of course I want to figure out how to stop that from happening. Of course I want to see uh, not to end hate or in something that, like, makes people, if, if you believe a certain way, you don't okay but what i'm saying is tell me it. what happened but, and do it from not, from well, not a point saying. of view see if you no, can do but, that but here's what here's my point i only only thing i want to talk about is we should really as christians especially just pray and mourn like hold on let's just take one day to do that maybe two days what about a week what about just something before we rush away from and get into what is it what is this and what is this what is, let's just do the real thing let's let's be sad about yeah. this let's yeah. let's mourn let's let's Figure that part out first before we jump into what well, Christians think this. Yeah. And now Muslims said this. And these are terrorists. No, this is a gun issue. All that right. stuff. That's what I hate because that just feels like so fake and it just totally disregards people died. Yeah, but that's yeah. why I wanted to do it like almost like exercise here, though. But yeah, people died. And I happen to know about it because of Facebook. I hardly even watch the news or something, but it's hard right. to even get this. Like, it's not wrong to say, well, wh- wh- who died and what happened? So I want to ask if we can discuss it without coming from a point of view. Like, tell. Can you tell me, Toby, what happened? What just, I think happened is— just t- I mean, like, just I, pretend I don't know. Like, what happened? Fifty people died. How? Who? From what? Uh, out of all the information I've read, it was a guy who is Muslim, and uh, I would say 
if you want to call that radical or a loony. That's what I'm saying. Why do you, or I mean, whatever, whatever, you have whatever. to he wanted qualify to everything kid, you say. The tips, like, uh, you, you right. have a position on it, which is weird. Oh, oh you're, you're asking me my position? What no, that's what I'm that? saying. I'm saying if you just try to relay the facts to me, clearly oh, right. it's going to show something. Like, it's almost like sure. predetermined how you're going to filter it yourself. But uh, I'm asking uh, you from your, yeah. from your view what happened. The, the simplest thing is a bad guy uh, might have been, I think, potentially uh, it was homophobic, possibly even struggled with homosexuality himself and uh, used his religion to kill people, hmm. is what I think. And that happens in, in many religions, maybe all of them and all that stuff. But I, I don't, I, my immediate reaction isn't, you know, take away good people's guns. At the same time, I want my family to be safe. I don't know, I, I don't want my daughter to be scared to go to school or all this stuff. But at the same time, I think that's fear-mongering, so I don't think they should be scared. I don't, this isn't the norm, and that's why it's so crazy that when something like this happens, it stops everything, because mm -hmm. it's not the norm. It is a wild thing that happened. And so I, I, my main focus is let's think about those families. Let's think about those people that died. That is, I mean, that is just a tragedy no matter what. Then let's think about how can we make this not happen again in a logical way. And yes, that's, that's what I do think is somebody abused what a religion said and used it to kill people. Mm -hmm. Well, some people are even outraged that they, they think that it's almost conspiracy oriented that, that they're attributing this to like a religious faith because then we can't say crack down on gun control by saying no it was a loony that had access to a gun and and i know i know i'm basically defeating what we're actually even saying like hey let's just mourn the people but i i am at a complete loss i'll say from in a very humbling way i don't understand the gun control perspective of we need to just take the guns away this guy i don't think he would have been like oh i want i want to go into this gay bar and shoot a bunch of people oh, wait a second, I can't do that because I can't get a gun legally. Like, I, j I truly don't understand because there are people that I really respect on Facebook that are just like, this is the simplest law to change. People cannot have guns. And I, I'm, I don't understand. Yeah, like, I, mean, you're I really not, don't get it. Well, you're never going to get rid of guns. And let's see, the prohibition work. No alcohol. Did that work? No. No drugs. No, that didn't work. So who gets the guns, the bad guys, and they kill people? So bad guys are always going to get guns, no matter what. And I know tons of people who own weapons and use them responsibly, so they should not have their guns taken. Now, logically, we should be able to say, hey, hold on, let, we can we can do better than this, right? You don't give a car license to everybody. You know, there's, there's all kinds of rules and regulations, and you got to do tests yep, and sure. all this stuff. I mean, there's got, I, I believe that there has to be a better improvement. Absolutely, but yeah. if, if you look at, if you, if you look at gun control, honestly, there, there used to be way more guns than there are now. And like the, some of the deadliest times were back in the twenties and thirties with gangs and they just all got guns and all that stuff. And no, honestly, I, one thing, nobody, they say Australia got rid of guns, Europe got rid of guns. And on both sides, they say it worked or it didn't. There's still no like serious hard data on if you take guns, does it get better or not? One thing that does improve is suicide. So that's good. Like you, there's less suicides when they, they, people take their guns away but i just i don't know i feel like you hurt way more bad uh, for example tsa does that stop terrorism does that stop knives and bow this bad stuff going into the the air no it's just been a huge hassle for old people in wheelchairs yeah like seriously it's not been a great benefit and we're not any safer at our airlines i don't think because of tsa from what i can tell i might be wrong about that and if somebody knows send send me in some data but from everything i've seen they haven't stopped anything. And so what is it? It's just a big hassle for you to take your shoes and your belt off and all this stuff and, and ruin the good guys. Like, you could be through faster. Travel could be quicker. It would be a better thing. But, no, there might be bad guys, so you get hurt for it. That's the only thing I don't like. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a gun control is just one. It's just it's weird. This one's very tangled because it's mass yeah, shooting. It's gay. It's 
uh, Islam, it's gun control. So it's all those weird things. So this one kind of amplifies it. But here's what I don't like is the predictability of people's positions. I think if you're being predictable in your views and you never change them and everybody knows exactly how you would land on everything, that's not good. I mean, that just is not good. So for instance, in politics, they accuse each other of changing or waffling or switching positions, but any human should have nuanced positions and and change them. You should, like the person that went to my high school that thinks this, I mean, I know what they're going to say on this one and I just shudder to see it. And somebody that's liberal in this way and whatever, I know what they're going to say on this one. I just shudder just the predictability of it. And I, I think that there's three categories of people here that and see if my logic is right here. But I think everybody out there, I'm going to put them into a category of sheep or fake or afraid. You say sheep? Sheep. Yeah. So sheep, okay. I, I put it, I got, how about S words? Sheep, sleazy, or scared. That's the, okay. that's, that's what I think people really, you fall into one of those categories. So obviously most people are sheep. So sheep means I, I grew up conservative. My dad's conservative. He said this, I watched this channel and whatever they're going to tell me is what I'm going to believe. That's a sheep. Yeah. And that's, for the most part, is everybody. That That's in the 90% of people. They just are what they have been exposed to predominantly. And however, the, whatever the new issues are, they will, you know, take from the top down what the people that they are around or, or with or know say about this and that issue. So I think it describes most people. And then the other two are the weird ones. They're, uh, you know, fake people or sleazy people, which I'm going to say are like politicians, uh, and a lot of times pastors and, and leaders of things are, are that way. They're, they're just, yeah, Joey. Yeah. They're just saying things. They just have the position they have. Let's say Rush Limbaugh, for instance, I don't know, but just for instance, he says what he's going to say, or Bill O'Reilly as conservative people, they might be a little bit fake or sleazy or all politicians pretty much fall into this category too. They're going to say tactically what they think the sheep want to hear to support a thing or Donald Trump is this of course too. He just says whatever it is. It's like a liar kind of a thing, but you just say whatever the opinion that will get you, you know, further your objective. So very different from a sheep in that regard. And then the other people, which I think is a ton of people uh, and some leaders too, are just scared or afraid. And I think this w- well embodies public figures, celebrities, and probably a lot of pastors I would identify as this too. And that is you just can't say what you think. So you have to adopt, uh, even though you do have independent thought, you're the pastor, therefore you need to right. go the traditional role of values or be careful or not say this or don't say that or leave this out uh, kind of thing. When you actually could be a bold person that had a nuanced point of view that says, oh, I'm a pastor. I think this about abortion. I think this about gun control and I'm pro, uh, you know, immigration. I mean, it just, you know, there's a lot of people that are afraid and don't do that. And then I, f- I imagine there's a few authentic people out there, but they're really hard. It's really, really hard to come by anybody that doesn't fall into one of those categories. And it's very troubling to me at least and i know a lot of people probably think that they have their own views but consider that i mean yeah. what are you a sheep i mean are you is, is it surprising to anybody and ever you where you come down on an issue i i was i would say for the first 29 30 i would say for the let's just say for the first 30 years of my life i was total sheep i was mm-hmm. a product of um, church product of family product of all, yeah yeah South, exactly just whatever product it is. of my peers and everything I mean we were all pretty you know yeah, conservative politically way. and all that stuff and I just uh, so I I don't think that I am now but then what what if I, you could probably make an argument for no you're you're a sheep but you have a different shepherd like you you're listening to other people no yeah but I'll I'll vouch for you in that because the people that do break out you know I, this isn't just to engineer stuff to say my path is the good one but live 
been on both coasts, exploring stuff, being all over the world, seeing different things, uh, questioning your faith. From the stuff I've seen, I feel like I'm just very confused often and don't even have a position. And then sometimes I do, and sometimes it changes and it'll change again. But I think that's how I got that way at least. But so I would, you know, I would advocate for more experience and open mindedness, but it's the same, it's the same with everything, but I think it's really hard, uh, to, to sort that out. But I also heard on the free sex podcast, uh, Candace and Katie had on, um, Ryan Meeks. He's the pastor of Eastlake church in Seattle. And he just basically planned on blowing his whole church apart to be pro LGBT and just said, he he told everybody, he goes, this is what I'm going to do. This is probably going to end the church, but this is what I think. And he just did it. So he's on their show. So listen to the episode. He, I was really happy with that because it seemed like he was just, this is what he thought. And he knew the consequences would be what they were. And it did. They went from multi-site church just to a single church and he knew it was going to happen, but he didn't care. He thought it was just what, what he, you know, it's a nuanced point of view. He's a Christian. He thinks this, yeah, this, yeah. this, and it just, that's what he thinks on that issue. And so that's, he just went with it. And the, it chips fall where they may. So I kind of respect that. But on the other hand, I go, well, I was just, he just, that's just a whole nother point of view. And it's, it's hard to sort out. Um, but I know when you're completely predictable and your position never changes, even if you're a Seattle, even if you're a Seattle liberal person, you feel progressive, but man, you got to really check that you're still sheep. You're still in sheep territory. If you think the following, if you have the predictable stance on guns, abortion, gay marriage, immigration, bathrooms, you know, at target, if you have a predictable point of view on all that, then I don't know. It kind of freaks me out. Yeah, I think one thing that you said there that it just seems almost cliche and simple it would just be that you have to travel. Like my family, <laughs> the way, that helps. The way, my, my family has never left South Carolina. Like they don't, I mean, what else could they know? New York is just a bunch of crazy liberals. Yeah, what do you think the thing about same Afghanistan? By the way, same as Washington, you know, uh, Washington State or D.C. is just all terrible, bad politicians that you can't trust anybody and anything in the north is bad and and la is just so i'm saying not to mention the middle east right although you know all that stuff you just don't know anything and i just like i think for sure i I, joey i agree with you i I feel like my mind has been opened in the last few years at least to actually understand people a little bit isn't that a part of love like actually understanding i'm not just saying there are bad people in other places but you if you don't know anybody from those places or you don't give them any time, then it just is terrible. And you're right. Then you are a sheep. Like you just go with what you know, and that's it. So of course, when somebody says "not in my bathroom" or "not in my marriage" or "not," that's all they've ever heard. So there is no that there isn't another option. It, that's it. But the the people in Seattle, like this is just an example, but I've seen people. People in Seattle think that about the South, though, too, right? Right. They, right. they, they have very, very close-minded points of views, and they're militant right. about things like recycling. Like if I do something lame on recycling to them, it's right. so ingrained in them like a certain thing would be in the South. They don't realize that they're the same person right. who is a, a, a cheerleader for recycling now that is a certain personality type. They have a. They really know it's right. They're fighting for it. They really believe it. They they probably student body president, and they're just confident, and they want the right thing. That same per, there were people that were student body presidents, head cheerleader that said they cared about the world, um, and and they just wanted to be on the right side of stuff and do stuff right as they were taught. That were probably. Uh, cheerleaders saying don't integrate the schools in the 60s in Alabama same person same personality type exact same person just grew up in a different place and that's how that expresses itself now civil rights good recycling good so those two aren't equivalent in in that regard but the one has historically been proven wrong and it was a really bad idea and recycling I guess is a good idea but nonetheless the personality type actually reminds me of the same person 
just grew up in a different decade in a different place. When I lived in Seattle, I hated that too. You had like 500 recycling things. And, and if you didn't do it the right yeah. way, people looked down on you as the 30 ton diesel truck blowing fumes from it's, it's <laughs> weird, yeah. collecting the recycling yeah. blows into the atmosphere. But it's, it's just similar personality types in different places and stuff like that. And, and it's easy to target conservatives as right. the obnoxious closed minded ones, agree. but that, that's the, it's not and Christians, it's not and Christians, Christians well. whatever. It's just not though. It's and it. liberals. That, that, it's easy to target people when you take a stand. So I, I'm not, it's not about being right wing or conservative. It's a right. matter of you a sheep or not. That's what I want to know. But also can't we have time just to think about it for a moment? Like, Hey, when you hear something, wherever you live, instead of just somebody implying something and that's what you go with, or them saying something, you, that's what you go with, just think about it. Just take a little bit of time to decide what you really think about something as opposed to somebody else's opinion or views or whatever that they're telling you, maybe from a pulpit, whether that be a politician, whether that be a pastor, or whether that be your neighbor or whatever that is. Like, just everybody should get a little bit of time to decide what they think. And then I can at least respect that, even if we disagree. How about yeah. this? You can't be an expert on everything. So if everything you put on your Facebook is a big stand, I can assume naturally that you don't actually know because there's no possibility you could know everything on all the issues enough to be as confident as you seem to be. And then secondarily, uh, anybody that you're listening to, is you can make the same assumption. So you can't get you, – you can, you can say, I can listen to experts, but if that's the case, there's different experts on every possible thing. Yeah. And you can't right. say, I get my ex, my expert is Toby on Bad Christian. Well, that's insanity, of course. My expert's Rush Limbaugh. My right. expert is whoever I listen I listen to Occupy Democrats' Facebook page. You, you can't do that either. You have to say, I listen to this person on that. I get this on that. It's the way, weird the way I think about abortion, but I actually reference this. You know, you have to at least have a lot of dissonance of different, you know, stuff that shouldn't look like a party line ticket. It can't. If if it does, you got to really check yourself. Anyway, let's take a break. Yeah, I'm an expert on taking breaks. Yeah, I mean that. I, that you can listen to Toby from Bad Christian on if you want to take a break and it, Do be it. advised on when to and how to listen to. <laughs> that is his expert field. So we we should do it now, Toby. Yeah. All right, let's this go to break. The right time. How long should it be? How long should this be? Uh, I'd say an hour to two. <laughs> what should we do during the break? I would lay down and look at Facebook. If I had. <laughs> <laughs> All right, be right back. All right, guys. We have been talking and talking and talking about our sponsor, Spare Men, and we just wanted to talk some more about them because they are so awesome. Our good friend, Neil the Pizza Guy, go to at Neil's, N-E-A-L-S, on Spare Men. Basically, download the app. Spare Men is awesome. It's a five-minute opportunity that you can use your phone to do like a micro-podcast. You can just shoot the shit. You can talk about anything you want to do. It is so cool. It really is an awesome opportunity just to get stuff off your head, and there's a time limit so it doesn't take all day, and you can listen to all kinds of really cool things. Like I said, our good friend, Neil, the pizza guy, has Neil's Pizza Place on Spearman. Go check it out. Download the app. Log in. Look for at Neil's, N-E-A-L-S, and you can start listening to some really cool content. And guess what? Make your own. Have people call in. Take Q&A. Do whatever you want. There's so many opportunities and possibilities with Spearman. I can't name them all. This is a really, really cool sponsor. We love them. We love what they're doing. We love the innovation. Go there now. Spearman. Check them out. I love sports. I'm a little bit disappointed about the NBA season wrapping up, but I'm psyched about football starting back up. Baseball going. Got to go to those baseball games. Yeah, that's games. true. If, if you're a baseball fan, I'm just excited that I know about SeatGeek because the thing about sports tickets is you never know if you're getting the best price. But for an organization like SeatGeek, which I'm going to ask Matt and Toby mm -hmm. to tell some details about, if you just know to go to them first. That's right. 
Yeah, totally. That's exactly how it's it the works. first. It's the first place I'm always going to go for any games or concerts. I, I mean, whatever we're going to do. Like, I am excited. I'm moving to Nashville, and I've been checking on SeatGeek for a Packers Titans game. Oh hell yeah! That I want to go to because I'm going to live in a town with an NFL team, and my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, are coming, and I'm going to get the best price. That is what is so cool. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all mm-hmm. the work and you save time and money and SeatGeek wants to help get you the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Yeah. It's really awesome. Let me give it let me tell it to you this way. Are you going to go to a concert or sporting event in the next few months? Of course you are. Now, you will be insane if you don't do it by downloading SeatGeek's app and looking for the best ticket. And here's why. Because not only are you going to find the best seat, the best ticket, and the best price, but our listeners get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So, yeah, inevitably, when you do go to an event this summer, which you should do if you're not planning on you're going to get the best price, and you're going to get literally $20 back to you. So to get your $20 rebate on tickets, you download the SeatGeek app, you enter, you go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter this promo code, Bad Christian. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code, Bad Christian, today. So we're wrapping up here toward the end of the time when you can buy a ticket for audio feed and join us in Urbana, Illinois, 4th of July weekend for Bad Christian Day. It's going to be a big deal, and I got something else new that we got to talk about if you hadn't heard this already. We're going to give a guitar away, and we're going to give Whoa. a, a – the guitar is a Charvel. Somebody has donated it. The The model is uh, the Charvel Desolation. Very cool guitar. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, so here's the thing. Somebody – that buys a ticket through our website, badchristianday.com, to come see Emery play the whole question with Devin, to see Matt and Toby and Devin do an acoustic set, to see the Bad Christian podcast live in Illinois. One person, and only one, who buys a ticket through our link from badchristianday.com will win this guitar. Taylor, that runs the BC Club, is going to be there. Reva, that works for BC, is going to be there. Me, Toby, Joey. Devin, you know, everybody, Josh, Dave, everybody, and everybody that's anybody's going to be there. And that's going <laughs> to, that's true. It's going to be a big deal. Obama. So if you hadn't bought your tickets yet, if you're coming out there, make sure you buy them through badchristianday.com. We'll see everybody at audio feed, and one of you guys will walk away with a free Charvel Desolation guitar that was donated for just for this purpose. So we'll, we'll see you guys there next week. Sariva, we're glad to pull you out of your garden to come over and talk to us for for a few minutes it's hard for me to resist saying what i think about gardening then it's like the biggest waste of time ever so i'm curious why you do it you know it's uh and i'm not even joking about this i i think that gardening is always an act of faith (laughs) it really is you know you put it in the ground and it looks terrible or there's nothing there at all and then, uh, and then you watch it grow. And I, I don't know. I didn't like it before either, but I moved into a house that mm-hmm. like has a garden. It has like a raised, uh, a, a bed. So it would look pretty awful if I, if I didn't. My wife's been trying to garden and it just makes no sense to me. She says, well, we'll have our own peas and we'll have our own strawberries and we'll have our own cilantro. 
in our garden, and I like cilantro, so that sounds good. But cilantro costs dollar sixty nine, even if I throw away the rest <laughs> of the bunch. And the planter beds, I've got three or four hundred dollars I know into gardening equipment, so it's a lot of cilantro <laughs> I could have bought. I don't think right. I have that much money in, although the flowers can be expensive. Yeah. Also, I mean, it really brings me a lot of joy. Good. That, that, it really that does. I mean, I, I walk out in the garden in the morning and, and just, you know, see the flowers and it's beautiful. So, Well, I can accept it on that. Reba, I have a deeper question. Do you know you have one of the coolest names ever? Like Reba Riley. That is cool. Is is that yeah? Why didn't you become like a news anchor at your local news channel? That sounds like perfect. Yeah, it's like you're wasting your name or something. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> the, the author thing isn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> I do the news here. I, I really? am a I'm a special yeah I'm a I don't know what they, I forget what they call me but I'm a um, contributor I'm a special contributor to Good Morning Cincinnati so I actually do some TV nice. oh, here. And that's I would love really cool. to do more TV. Let me just put that out there. Cause really I, I love TV. I love it. As soon as I sat down in front of the camera, the first time I was like, oh, man, I was like born to do this. So anyway, yeah, the name goes along with that. That's cool. Now is that, are you married? Is that your husband's last name or is that the name you're born with? No, actually the, the story behind the name is kind of interesting Ooh. to anybody. In an interview, well, so I can tell you guys. <laughs> yes, exclusive. Okay, so let, so yeah, tell us about the, your your name situation. We got the scoop on this story, sounds like. So first of all, Rebecca is my given name. And my right. roommate in college decided that, that that had too many syllables, so she shortened it to Reba, and it just sort of took off. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the first one. Same roommate said that I needed a... <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this story. I needed a a a uh, bad girl party nickname Hell in yeah. college so that I could totally. so that I could go out and like and like really have fun. I'm working on that um, with my daughter right now. We're trying to just come up with that <laughs> yeah. when she goes to college. Right, exactly. Because that's what everyone well, yeah, anyway, so she so we're going through all these different names. She goes, Riley. And as soon as she said it, we were like, yes. And even back then, I was at Ohio State at that time, and we said I, I was a columnist at Ohio State, and uh, and we said if you if you ever write a book, you have to write it under Reba Riley because that name is so much cooler. <laughs> it's so much cooler than uh, at that time my name was Rebecca Miller, right? So anyway, so Reba Riley, um, <laughs> Reba Riley became my my name, and then much later, after I wrote the book Post Traumatic Church Syndrome. I decided I should maybe like look up what Riley means and it has, and it has two meanings. And one of them is, is something about like a wheat field, but the other one is courage, which nice. is just so cool because if there's anything that my, you know, my journey is, is really about at its core, I think is, is courage. And, um, and so anyway, kind of a serendipitous thing that, that that's funny. And you guys heard it first. Well, that's good. Well, there, there's, there's like hundreds of Rebecca Millers that are like, screw you, Reba Riley. Yep, totally. <laughs> they have name jealousy. It's okay. Sorry. Right. So in your book, speaking of courage and that, I think the thing I'm real interested in is to hear about uh, your chronic illness part of it. That's the part I'm really curious about. It plays a big part in, in your backstory. So I, I, I don't know the details of that, but I'd love to hear them. Okay. So I was, uh, I started getting, getting sick when I was about 20, um, <laughs> continued getting sicker and sicker, went to hundreds of doctors. I mean, I did everything yeah. and no one could tell me what was wrong with me. So by the time I was, you know, 27, 28, I had been dealing with this for a long, long time, but it took, it just fell off a cliff. 
So when I was 27, 28, by this point, I was in bed something like 60, 70% of the time. Uh, And I was really good at pretending, which is the only reason I got through. And I had this sales job so I could like take meetings from my bed. And that's the only way that I got through and like kept my job. But no one knew how sick I was because I had all this shame about the illness because, you know, I couldn't get diagnosis. So they were, doctors were like, this is in your head, you you know. Uh, Anyway, so I had all this shame about the illness. So I'm in bed. Um, and it was the illness that forced me back to looking at my spirituality. And that is critical because I think that happens for so many people. Yeah. What are your symptoms? Like what was going on that was keeping you in bed? You were just tired all the time. And and they said, it's just a, you're lazy, have a mental problem or what? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, fatigue was by far the worst symptom, but I had all kinds of other symptoms too. So I had a lot of pain. Um, joint pain, muscle pain. I had symptoms that ranged all the way from like chronic muscle spasms to full body hives, headaches, uh, was sick constantly with other, you know, like anything that would, that would, that would come along. I would get it times two. Um, but mostly I felt like you feel when you have the flu, except without the, without the, um, the stomach symptoms, Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I felt. So it was really hard to, to maintain this, you know, semblance of a normal life. And so by the time I turned 29, I I was so sick and I was so desperate that, um, it just, it made me examine my life. And I know there's a lot of your listeners out there who are like, you know, I've been there, whether, whatever the illness is, Um, there's something about not being able to control what's going on in your physical body that really makes you go inter- you know internal. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and 10 years of that was was it that extreme for that long? No, it got it was sort of like a, a downwards roller coaster that just kept going down and then you know gets a little better and a little worse and then and then and then like I said around 20 26 27 it started just really falling off a cliff and then by the time I was 29 it was uh, I mean it was life altering. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. All right. So I am interested about this whole, uh, and I think the listeners want to hear 30 religions in your 30 years. What's that all about? 30 religions in the year before I turned 30. Gotcha. So we talked gotcha. about the illness and how the, how the illness forced me to, to look at my spirituality. So I did, you know, what is clearly the best idea for a chronically ill person who has yeah. a full-time job. I decided to take on a project. Looking back, I just have no idea what, <laughs> what I was thinking. Like, what was I thinking? But um, yeah, so the, that idea came to me because, you know, post-traumatic church syndrome, as I had called it, I didn't know how to get better. I had no right. idea. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe if I just give myself these this this list, like to-do list, I'm very much a list person. And um, I was like, maybe if I give myself this list, something will happen. And I literally didn't, I didn't know what that something was. I just, I thought trying something is better than trying nothing. And I've got to get rid of all this. I had this like anger and bitterness and it was really, really ugly when I started getting anywhere near spirituality. You had anger and bitterness towards, towards what specifically? God, Mm -hmm. God, the church, the, the Pope, I don't know about the Pope. I didn't, I didn't have a specific (laughs) feeling about the Pope, but um, really any, anything that approached religion or spirituality, I just, I, I, I would completely just shut, I shut that off and, and shut it down. And, um, and, and was, well, like I said, really angry and bitter. 
The three of us do not understand that at all. We have never right? felt anger. Never toward... <laughs> felt, mm -hmm. I can tell. I can tell that you, you've, you've never felt that. Um, right. So I, basically what happened is I realized that, okay, so even if I get better, even if my body like somehow eventually gets better, I've done enough, you know, like emotional therapy and all that stuff to know that if, if I didn't deal with this stuff, I was never going to be an actually healthy person. Like this had to be dealt with, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to do it. So I give myself this project and, um, and I just started, I mean, and stumbled through it. And part of the reason the book is so darn funny is because it's, it's me. It's literally like stumbling this thick, ridiculously ill person trying to stumble through this ridiculous project. Yeah. Um, uh, but the amazing thing is that it, it worked. Mm -hmm. I mean, it yeah. not only worked, it changed, you know, it changed, it changed everything about, uh, about my life. And, um, yeah. So the, that's the, that's the project. It was like a ladder. And so what you were doing is, is checking out every religion you could and were you really, you were giving them real chances or is it just kind of investigating them or like how, how much would you go into when you go to, you know, it says here you danced disco in the Buddhist temple. Did you really seek to give yourself a shot at being Buddhist or were you just kind of investigating it? We got to remember how sick I was. Uh -huh. So as far as I wasn't looking for a religion, mm -hmm. I had been there and done that. I was like, if I find one, that would be, you know, nice, but that's not what, that's not why it, I was, I was, I was going to these places as sort of this act of, ugh, I guess faith, you know, if I show up, maybe something will happen. Mm. Um, yeah. And for the same reason that people travel, you know, to like find themselves and work through their issues. But I couldn't travel because I was, you know, sick. Um, so really, I was kind of traveling the world without leaving Columbus, Ohio, frankly, uh, because I went to so many different, so many different cultural experiences. So that's more the reason it wasn't it wasn't to find a religion. I was not uh, sorry to disappoint anyone. Who hoped I would find? Who was hoping that that's what I was doing? But no, I was really—I was just trying to find myself and find healing. Yeah. So, what kind of uh, what kind of opportunities has this book brought? Like, I see that uh, CNN talked about you a little bit, at least on their blog and that sort of thing. Like, what what sorts of things are you getting to do now and pushing this book? Oh, well, I get to my very favorite thing, and I'm not even joking about this. Is is I get to hug readers. I mean, yeah. that is like my favorite because I, you know, when I started writing this book, I didn't have a contract or anything. I just, I just knew that I had to write it mm -hmm. yeah. because stories are so powerful and stories have changed yeah. my life, you know? So anyway, I would imagine that there was this reader that who needed this book and that I could like reach forward in time and, and put my arms around this reader and I get to do that now. And that is like incredible. So that's, yeah, that's totally. I get to do that. Um, I get to do speaking. I, 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 I travel. I talk about, I talk about courage. I talk about, uh, you know, post-traumatic church syndrome recovery. Um, I, you know, I got to do the TV stuff here in Cincinnati, which is awesome. And like I said, hope to do a lot more TV in the future. I'm getting to see all this pain that I went through, like literally a decade of pain, like go into people's lives and, and change something for them. And it's the most humbling thing to see is, is to be able to help for, for that pain to, to help somebody. It's just, mm -hmm. it's incredible. Well, I want to know though, back into the book though, what, what is the stupidest, dumbest, worst religion you should know now? Like what's the one that's <laughs> the worst? 
Well, find the politically correct answer here now. I, I know that's a joke, but you did some funny stuff in there with the Amish Buddhists. I mean, you did you did some Scientology. You got audited by those people. How, how, at least they could be. You could make fun of them at least, right? I mean, I make fun of myself mostly in the book, <laughs> not really the religions. But um, you know, I can only answer that from like my personal experience, my worst experience. Mm-hmm of a religion in no way reflects the religion, period. It doesn't. But my worst experience of a religion was was actually Kabbalah because the rabbi was very disparaging of me and and my whole project and just didn't believe that I even meeting with me was worthwhile. And it was a terrible experience. I mean, I I walked out of there thinking like he almost convinced me that I should that that I hadn't done anything. Well, how is he disparaging? In what way? He basically said some version of, you can't learn anything. You can't learn anything by going somewhere for one day. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is towards the end of my journey when I had, I mean, I had fasted for 30 days. Like I was serious about this project. And it, That's had, pretty put me, it had put me back together in ways that I could not even imagine. And this guy was just literally sitting there just saying, you can't do that. That's not going to do anything. Why did he meet with you in the first place? Seems like he just would have said no. I don't know. I still don't know the answer to that. But that was so, it was. a So that was just a personal bad experience. And in fact, I'd like to go back um, and have another, you know, conversation with. Uh, actually, I did. I did because I went to a wedding where the minister or I'm sorry, not the minister, the, the rabbi was uh, Kabbalah. And we had this great talk about it. And um, anyway, so not the religion, but I had a bad experience with a person. Have you landed anywhere spiritually? Do you have any faith of anything with the name at this time after this project? I do use the word Godverse in the in the book and continue to use that, although I am comfortable with like many names of God. But um, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, Christianity is definitely now the, you know, it's like I saw it as the foundation of my faith. But again, it depends on who you ask, whether they think I'm a Christian or mm-hmm. not. Oh, I don't, totally. I don't totally. know, you know, right? I don't know. I don't care. I mean, just the fact that you have your little uh, rainbow profile picture on Facebook, man, you a lot of people wrote you off automatically with just that. So Probably, probably. <laughs> I, uh, I think God is a lot bigger than any box we try to put God in. Um, God is bigger than any good box we try to put God in. Well, that's a, that's a good thing there. Then like with trying all these different religions and stuff like that, did you see God in those? God showed up everywhere I was. The fir- And the first time that I saw that was actually at the, at the Hindu temple, which is a great story because I thought I was really overdressed. Like I was wearing the whole sari and everything and sitting in the parking lot and, and everyone was wearing jeans. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you got to be kidding. <laughs> and then I walked in and I found out there were actually people dressed up like it was supposed to be. But anyway, so the first time that I really saw that was when the um, uh, I was getting this, this tour of the of the temple and the gentleman was telling me how, how they view God. And, and then there was this little room with a, with a fountain. And I said, what is this? Cause everyone is like going and, and splashing in it and, and doing this ritual. And he said, this is the um, monument to the God who cannot be named the God who is not held by walls. And I thought, Oh, this is the God I know. But he had just said to me, um, you know, a lot of people think Hindus have 300 million gods or something, and really it's not. It's just it's just one god, and it's all these different faces. Yeah. And um, and so I had that experience really kind of everywhere I went from that point on. It was like I would see I would see God in in the in the people. If that makes sense. 
in the community and their in their in their love and support for each other. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I found God. So uh, you say God averse. What what do you say of Jesus? Like, does does Jesus a prophet to you? A good guy, God, Savior? Like, what's your perception on JC? The big JC. JC in the house. I I love Jesus. Word up. I, I love Jesus. Hold on, Reba. Why are you talking like this, Joey? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so silly. Reba, I'm sorry. Joey is a pastor, but he's talking like he's a G from the street or something like that. I don't understand. Every time I say JC, it flips me into that mode. For some I reason. know. Just don't. I mean, it, good Lord. <laughs> this is like killing me here. I We're know. trying to do an interview and you all of a sudden are Marky Mark or something. I don't get it. Sorry, Reba. It reminds me of like DC Talk. Right. Like, oh, are you down with the DC Joey talk? is down oh, yeah, with the DC sure. talk, yes, exactly. Joey is down with it. So, JC and the HG, like, what? what? Come on. Uh, H- <laughs> What's HG? Holy Ghost. Oh, I didn't even know that one. Oh, the Holy Ghost. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All right, so you love you some Jesus. Okay, gotcha. I do. I love Jesus, and, and it just, you know, it's sometimes it's like, what else do you want me to say? I lo- like, I love Jesus. I do. You know, it's like, do I love Jesus enough? I don't know. What's your, li- you know, what's your litmus test? Do you want me to, do you want me to like, like, uh, I-, I don't know, like dip me in something and tell me I've already mm-hmm. been baptized like three times <laughs> and now in like four different religions. So, you know, <laughs> I love Jesus. Well, the, the next <laughs> litmus test after that, that people want to know, which I think is kind of reasonable is do you love him like a cartoon character that's interesting or a historical person to learn from? Or do you think he, you know, rose from the dead? That's the next part where, where we start to whittle down because that's really important um to whether you can listen to my story mm-hmm. or not because obviously i couldn't have anything to say if i didn't agree with someone on that topic um sorry that's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a little sarcasm coming out because right. the thing is that stories are just powerful for the reasons that they're powerful and the story mm-hmm. of the resurrection is a the most powerful story that i have found of, of what happens in our life when we allow spiritual healing to come in. Resurrection, this is an incredible story. And very, and there's a reason that it's, uh, you know, world religion, because it moves you. Mm-hmm. And so to, you know, to say, do I check your box or not? I, I don't really care because the, the story of the resurrection to me is the power is in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to claim that power in whatever form you're you're claiming that, and it took me a long time to get to that point. Do you have a group that you get together with, or anything like that? Because every group will have some rules that you have to say I agree with or I don't. I have got this great informal spiritual community here at this place called Foundation, which is actually called Foundation Fitness, which has not that much to do with the church, but it's it's these are my these are my spiritual communion dudes. Um, And also I do a ton of yoga and there's a lot of spiritual community that I find there. As far as an actual church, I spend a great deal of time in churches with, you know, being indifferent for speaking and so on. And I love them all, mostly. Really, my definition of church, though, is it's like communion of, you know, talking to somebody like even us having this having this conversation, having the life giving conversation. So do I attend a building once a week? Nope. Sorry. 
understand that. Yeah, no, no, no need to apologize there. What do you think of uh, Mufasa? <laughs> it's unbelievable. What? What I, just can't, I don't even I don't, I don't get no. the. I don't even get that joke. That's no a powerful does. story too, man. Like the Lion King. Uh, yeah, Mufasa. Joey and Simba. just got back from New York and he saw the Lion King on Broadway <laughs> and he can't stop talking about it. That's the real no, truth. I That's a powerful story, Reba. You said Jesus is a powerful story. So is Mufasa. I, you know, there's a reason it's on Broadway. Exactly. Thank you, Toby. Reba's the smart one on this interview. Good lord. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> <laughs> your your book came out in March and. People can get this on Amazon. They can go to your website, which is rebariley.com, correct? It is. They can get this anywhere books are sold. It is in all bookstores. Uh, the hardback actually came out August. The paperback came out in March. The audiobook is available uh, through Audible and iTunes, and I read it. So excellent! if you happen to like my voice on this show, that's a fun way to listen to it. That's great. Um, and it's ebook, et cetera. So there, there's, there's, there's no reason to not get the book. Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, the book's called Post-Traumatic Church Syndrome, and it's a memoir of, of humor and healing. So it's, it starts with your illness and your chronic illness and then exploring all of these religions, which is an interesting thing and very timely. I know there's a lot of people that have undiagnosed stuff and a chronic illness and a lot of people that are feel ill about the church and what they should do with their spirituality. So hopefully people can take some interesting lessons and uh, enjoy your writing in this book. So thank you. I think it's really interesting to, to put those together too. Like the idea, of, it sounds like just searching for answers, like why, mm -hmm. what, you know, what does this mean? Why am I here? What, you know, regardless of if we're talking about illness or the church. So I think it's, it's a really neat pairing of a tragic event, having a, a serious illness and then also trying to figure out who God is or what God is. Yeah. It's interesting that it, it paralleled the, and that's what the book does. It parallels that, that, that journey, uh, which is how it happened in my life. Um, the actual new subtitle on the, on the, the paperback, it's post-traumatic church syndrome, one woman's desperate, funny and healing journey to explore 30 religions by her 30th birthday. I like that one better. Me being the desperate and hopefully funny woman. Awesome. And Elizabeth Gilbert, that's pretty cool. Author of Eat, Pray, and Love has some uh, nice words to say. So, hey, go get this book. Yep. I mean, just listening to this interview, I mean, people are going online right now and they're going to watch you on TV as well. <laughs> well, Elizabeth Gilbert calls it hilarious, courageous, provocative, and profound, which is the, I uh, just still awes me and um and paul young who wrote the shack says nice things about it and that just again on awe and and you know hum humility it's so cool did you get to hug elizabeth gilbert i did yes 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 i yes. did it was awesome it was like a, a highlight of my life <laughs> very cool well reba you have been an awesome guest it's I, and i love the suspense now as well too for all of our listeners uh, what in the world happened and what did she get healed from? So guys go out and get this book and we thank you, Reba. Thank you. Thank you guys. All right. All right. Reba, Reba Riley. Reba Riley. Everybody that, go check out her book. Did that, did that, do you think that came across kind of awkward? I there almost seems to be some questions that maybe she didn't understand or that she didn't <laughs> like. Or well, I just kind here's of what a, I want to say. I thought it was a weird interview, honestly. And uh, I even got up and left for a minute, but I came back. And I think that we did a really bad job of interviewing her. I, I think that we didn't set her upright. So I don't know. Like the the skill in interviewing is the, lies within the interviewer setting up the person to 
do good. So I think that uh, we did a bad job. Like, I don't think, like, uh, uh, I don't know. We sucked. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she's probably an unbelievably great guest and, and wrote a book that is, is very interesting, entertaining. And we, and we do want everybody to go read it, go buy it right now. But I think that interview, I just go, man, I, I hate mm-hmm. Matt and Joey and myself right now. <laughs> well, I'll make, two, I'll make two points on it. One point on it that is uh, she asked us, did we read her book? And we didn't. So ba- right. that's bad. Yeah, but we can't read every guest's book. And I don't think any guest can assume that. I haven't read her mean, book. I did familiarize myself with it, but I didn't. she saying that yeah. from the point of view of like, oh, now I can sure. know what I need to say. Sure. You know what I mean? But she didn't clarify that. But, you know, I don't know. Sure. So that's that. And then I'll, and then I'll make another, another that, point. When she, when she said that, we should have said, oh, is that a problem? That's what we should. Once again, I think we failed her. We, we could have been said, oh, is that a problem? Mm-hmm. Or. Did you you want us to read your book or you know we could have said we can't or whatever but I, I just, so, so that so that was my, that's my we can't my one point uh, I would that, like to tell her I could uh, on us was that by today and then I would to make another point and say when that uh, guy that she was talking about with the Kabbalah said that you can't do this in one day should have maybe could have said something there but maybe that guy had a point he at least maybe had a point. <laughs> I mean, I think that could be a point too, you know, so I didn't engage on that topic and it's more like uh, behind the back to say it now, but hmm, I mean, I think, I thought that was a, a good point yeah. that I wish I'd, I would have. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Say. She's not on here anymore. So that's why I feel strongly that it, the, the bad part about that interview was us. Like, well, yeah. I feel like we let her down fans. I think we let you down. We could have <laughs> done better. I think uh, she, we could have really made that a great interview. And I think that basically Joey just, but <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I appreciate her coming on. And if you, if yeah, for sure. I hope that books for some people and y'all will check it out. Yes, for sure. She seemed very, a very nice person. We appreciate her time. We should have kept her on for the news. We could have pulled it out, but anyway, Matt, kick the music. In a world where when an interview goes bad, or out of nowhere, you didn't know, but Joey has arrested development and goes immediately to uh, DC Talk. Yo, are you down with DC Talk? I, like, like out of nowhere, we're just talking. Hey, so how how's your book? And she answered, and Joey goes, yeah, Yo, 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 yeah, you down with JC, baby, the Holy Ghost? Now that's tight. Now that's tight. Hell yeah! It's the damn news. <laughs> keeping it real. Yeah, I just want to keep it real. How you feel about Jason? <laughs> this is how I keep what? it real by talking fake. What? What is uh? It's really funny though. This woman has never met you before, Joey, and out of nowhere you start talking that way. I. What would you think though if if somebody you'd never met before you met them? Say you go to have coffee and they're like, "Hey, I just like to hang out." You go, "Hey, my name's Joey," and they say, "Blah blah blah," and, and you start talking for a little while, and then I don't know, ten minutes in the conversation, they go. Now, how you feel about Jay Cedo? I would say two things. Can you say it in the DC Talk voice? Uh, yo, so when I say JC, <laughs> it just typically puts me in that mood. No, honestly, when I, when I say JC, I think that sounds funny, and it sounds very hip-hop. And so I just start so joking you, around you in do that, that way. You do because you. So do you think seriously? You felt uncomfortable. So that's your go-to defense mechanism. It felt uncomfortable from a standpoint. <laughs> but if, is that a de- defense listen, mechanism? Listen, listen. If I would have right? just no, but do you hear me? Yes, question? yes, yes. And but I want to okay. explain why. Is if I would have just said, "Hey, what do you think about Jesus?" That just almost sounds like antagonistic. Like I don't think she's I know. A but good why person. would you even ask that question? Because like I that. was very curious. I, 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 I look the whole time. I don't even understand exactly. 
who we're talking to, and that's because I didn't read the book. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I didn't read the book. And so I just didn't get it. God and then I felt I felt like the three of us, like you said, were boring and didn't know what we were doing. And so I just was trying to be a little more lighthearted. I thought yep. she was very nice, and I thought that she came obviously very prepared. But like you said, that we have to own that, we that we, we weren't. We weren't prepared, so. Yo, let's get on with the N-E-W-S. Speaking of women getting a raw deal in this world, um, Fox apologizes for X-Men Apocalypse promo image of Jennifer Lawrence being strangled. Did y'all hear about this? Nope. It's come, I, this comes from the bird. Yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence. Do you think she's the biggest, uh, most successful female right now in yeah. the movie industry? Oh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, did you ever see her movie, the first movie she did? Or it might have been the first or, first or second, Cold Mountain. God, that movie's so good. I like Cold Mountain? Movie. Yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. That's before she got famous. I like Winter's Bone. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's right. She was in that. She was who, the main character. Who else was in that? Uh, Dakota Fanning. Was she the young? She was a teenager. Is that the one where she lived up in the mountain? Yeah, and her dad oh, was, was dead, Bone. but he was in, involved in drugs and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. I, the, some reason I called it fi- Cold Mountains. Winter Bone. Huh. Oh, that's what you were thinking. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, Winter's Bone. Sorry. What's Cold Mountain? Is Cold Mountain's Civil, Civil War movie. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, was yeah, I got to the figure names that mixed up. up. It's Winter's Bone, yeah. which is what I do in the winter, if you know what I mean. Yeah, hell yeah, hell dog. Yeah. D-I-C-K. All right. Uh-huh. All right, back to women's rights. Uh, Fox <laughs> has apologized for a widely reviled promotional image for X-Men Apocalypse, which shows Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse strangling Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. Actress Rose McGowan spoke about the image on her Facebook and said in an interview the Hollywood with the Hollywood Reporter, there is no context in the ad, just a woman getting strangled. The fact that no one flagged this is, is offensive and frankly stupid. She continued to challenge 20th Century Fox directly ask, asking, since you can't manage to put any woman, any women directors on your slate for the next two years, how about you at least replace your ad? Feminist site The Mary Sue also criticized the image saying, this poster reinforces a narrative that commandeers and reduces women into a position of helplessness through violence. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you guys think? I I can chime in immediately. Well, I think if that's what the image portrays, it's a it's a picture of her of him apocalypse, the main bad guy, uh holding her mystique, which is, you know, and both are mutants or crazy, you know, whatever, powerful beings. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the thing. I think people would have been really upset if he was holding a dude and said, "Why didn't you at least have a woman in the ad?" You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is just Find something I mean, to be upset this is about. just a scene that looks tough from the movie and they wanted to show Jennifer Lawrence because right. she's the selling point Look, of this one. Yeah. She's in it. So yeah. it's like that's it. that's all it is. It's this isn't a stance on violence against women. It just isn't. Right. Well, yeah. see, here's the thing on this. Now, I like to be the progressive voice and try to understand those things. Okay. And given my pr- previous rant before the interview and break, I, I feel obligated to do that. In this case, I am going to call out Rose McGowan here plainly for being an archaic uh feminist whereas i personally have moved on and and way well progressed well beyond that and am appalled and shocked because i'm a mutantist and i think that i think that this mutant named mystique it, it's not it's not just a, a human females there's a problem here it's mutants that need more protection from us and more there's more we could do a lot more for them so to, for her to not even mention the fact that mystique is a mutant and to just treat her like a normal human female is offensive and frankly stupid. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Like she just t- she totally put her identity as a female when 
who knows what she's clearly Mystique a mutant. Is. I mean, Mystique specifically transforms into anything. That's right. You know that that's her superpower. Exactly. So you're saying she's only a female Rose McGowan? Exactly. Sure. What a jerk. I hate him. Like not right. even to do a research or context on the character of Mystique is is pathetic. That makes me sad. It hurt, it breaks my heart when when people do stuff like that. I no, just, the, the disingenuous thing that anybody really can do is to not even um is to is just to to be careful on other people's behalf. That bothers me in Christianity. It bothers me in political. It bothers me in political correctness or whatever. You can be offended. Anybody can be, but you don't have to do it for other people. You you don't have to do that. I think it goes a little bit far. When like uh, let's let's say people think Trump is a racist. Okay, yeah, good point of view. Now, if I advocate strongly that Trump is not a racist, now the inference is going to be what that you're a racist. That I'm a racist. So I can't even have an opinion on is Trump racist or not without right. it bring without it meaning a secondary thing about me. You you know, there's many many things like that, and this uh, most a lot of political yeah. correct stuff. But you have to say you're on the right side of it. You can't be. You can't disagree with what seems to be the right side because that would be saying that you are on that you are guilty, like the person that you may be defending, or the you know you, right. you can't defend the the studio's poster without sounding anti-feminist, for instance, and that's a, right. that's a not fair. Now, now at the same what, time, I, that's that is my point. I think I understand what Rose McGowan is saying. Yes, she's saying and she might be she, right she's, about she, that. She's actually mad, mm-hmm. probably more so that they don't allow women to be the directors. They don't women don't get equal right. All that. So I understand she has a really valid points. The issue is. Why would you pick something silly to represent that? Like, yeah, but just making about that is just crazy. And so anyway, hey, all right. First, first here, Matt, I got sent a news article this week mm-hmm. and I'm going and it was sent to me by Prophet Joseph Svensson. Oh, no. And so I'm going to let him read it because, uh, you know, he knows all. And so this one is, uh, I think, basically about time travel and Mike Tyson. Excellent. So, I'm giving way to, to Joey. For the first time, because he sent me this news, he was a roving reporter, and I'm excited for him to read it. Joey, you ready? Are you prepared? We're going live to Joey Svensson in three, two, one. Hidden in a video below of a 1995 Mike Tyson fight appears to be a smartphone recording the fight. Well, all of our listeners, you should catch on quickly. Smartphones were not a thing of 1995. The clip in question shows a spectator standing in the front row of the audience while Tyson fights using a camera that looks like a smartphone to record the event. A fellow named Scott Waring of UFO Sightings Daily believes the camera was indeed a smartphone, and according to many conspiracy theorists, they believe it's a time time traveler who took video on the phone. So basically, why wouldn't someone want to travel back in time to see their favorite fighter fight? Now, I want to go on the record by telling my friends, Toby and Matt, you're probably going to be surprised. I do not believe that's what happened. I believe maybe it's even a doctored video (laughs) I didn't investigate, but I just think it is so intriguing that there's actual people that think this. And there have been other situations in which a uh, 1000 BC uh, painting seems to have someone holding a laptop there's been other situations similar to this, but basically, if you look at the picture, it is very. Com- if the picture is correct, if the picture is not doctored, right. if it is not uh, photoshopped, it is indeed very similar looking to a smartphone, and I just think it's so intriguing. Well, well first of all, this comes from opposingviews.com. That was a. I know you're nervous, so you forgot to give the resource. Yeah, but um, I 
I might be okay with this as time travel, <laughs> except for if there's time travel, don't you think they might have something better than a smartphone? Like, why would exactly. I mean, they still have smartphones if they have time travel? Yeah, but I like mean, they can travel through time, but they need a smartphone. That means to that call the you. time travel you have no, and to yeah. take a picture. <laughs> yeah, but you have no idea how sophisticated that smartphone is. No. What if that smartphone also does the time traveling for yeah, them? I, no, right, I mean, but, Joey, that, but that there, implies that I don't believe it. Don't talk to me like the I believe this. iPhone didn't exist until 2008, so I mean, and by, it won't I exist mean, in 20, 3000 yeah. or 2100. It right. won't look the same. Right. What if time traveling? What if time traveling is established in 2018? You don't think cell phones are going to be around? You don't know when time traveling is going to. Anyway, like I said, I do not believe it's a time traveler, but oh my gosh, that is so interesting. It would be like, cool to go to the Mike Tyson of fight. I like that. I like that that call of the time travel. Certainly, but. certainly. Well, I, I mean, I, do you I, think I, I time talk- travel is possible? Because you know the well, hundreds well, of things okay. that people have said through yes. the years that yes. can't I, be possible. I would say I would say that it is possible in a sense of I think God, the God that I believe in, can intercede at any time He chooses. I don't think He sees it as a straight line. He sees it as a circle or whatever where He can go in at any time He wants. And if I believe heaven has to be some kind of eternity without time, and time is just something that we caught, we came up with, right? It's just telling ourselves, "Oh, today's noon at two twelve p.m. or whatever." That's not and, true. Time yeah. is actually as an actual thing. No, it, we we it's decided what it is, though. I don't agree no, with that. Of course you do. If you go to a, <laughs> another planet, if you go to another planet with more gravity or whatever, time slows down or speeds up, and that so that's totally exactly. Time is a, an actual thing. No, but it, it you just said it. I agree. No, with no, you. no, I'm saying what what you're saying is is time is this thing that uh it, it's it's this right. It's a thing that affects us, right? I'm saying that it is. Your body is aging because of time. No, your body's aging not because of time, time. Time doesn't age you. If time uh, wasn't, the, yes, it is. No, no. You say that there's time attached to your age. You're doing something that isn't caused by time. It's just something you're doing, and then you're attributing time to it. Apples now and I'm bananas. 80 years old. This is what 80 years old is. You're attributing some kind of definition. We we created time in a sense of. I mean, before we were here, was there time? What what was the time before humans existed? God created time. No, but what was the time before humans existed? There wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It's just something that we say, like we call gravity. Gra- I'm just saying. I, I'm not doing a good job of articulating. You this, are not because I'm you're just wrong. Saying it, it is something that we came up with to describe what's happening. It's just a definition. But anyway, I believe maybe there could be time travel. I know there's a bunch of good reasons why there won't be or isn't. But I think this is a goof. This. I mean, I don't think it would be this crazy. I don't. Yeah. I mean. If there was time travelers, then we would totally know it because they would have gone everywhere. Here's what's so interesting. All right. So let's say we go to bed tonight and uh, in the year 2030, uh, someone they they discovered time travel and someone says, you know what? I'm going to go back to 1963 and I'm going to stop Lee Harvey Oswald. We wake up and when JFK comes up, our minds immediately go to, yeah, he was a great president. He He served. You know, two terms. It's oh man, it's so good that he brought the people back from Vietnam. Like we wouldn't even know that anything was changed. Correct? I mean, if time travel was something right. true, we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if something major in history. In fact, what if Lee Harvey Oswald was from the future and he went back and shot the president? We don't <laughs> right. know. Well, th- that's that whole thing. I was listening to a podcast about it, but the, the I'm sure y'all have heard about the big uh, craziness of is it the Berenstein Bears, or the Berenstain Bears, or <laughs> St- you know what I mean? Like I could have sworn it was. Uh, Berenstein, yep. but now it is Berenstein or something. And it's really crazy and weird and all this stuff. I was listening to a podcast about it, and uh, it just it's weird because 
if there what if there are hiccups and this actually called the uh what was the podcast i wish i could remember the name of the podcast it's 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 in the top 10 right now but uh it's um called the mandela effect or something like that where somebody thought nelson mandela had died in prison and everybody's like no he didn't and they just couldn't understand it like have you ever had a moment where you just knew something was 100 percent true right but then it, it wasn't those are like, almost yeah. explainable as you know glitches in the matrix or in, right. in simulation which, is what, theory, which was but, my yeah. next point that's what elon musk now is talking yeah. about you know he's, he's like he actually thinks there might seriously be we're in a game and it's just a matrix and all well he may stuff. have heard my well, segment on it a few weeks back that's true well matt let me ask you like do you believe humans have the possibility of figuring out how to travel time. no i don't and it's not bad i mean i remain skeptical and i think that's the healthiest way to look at it like all, all i would say is anything like this there's most by a long shot the most likely explanation is that there's a very very simple explanation that is not sensational that's just right. most likely that's what skepticism is. It doesn't mean nothing can. There's no possibility. There could be some extra dimensionality that lends to, uh, you know, some kind of weird intersections in time. We could be a simulation. You know, all those things are possible, but it doesn't give you any benefit to go down a road of something that's way, way, way unlikely. It doesn't, there's no benefit to living th that way, saying, well, it could be. It's not practical, and it doesn't, I don't find it useful. So I'll be most likely to be right to say, yeah, nothing to it. And if there was time travel, you would know it by now. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, I, it doesn't seem, I don't have any uh, anticipation that it's a technological barrier for time travel. I don't think it's a matter of technology. Although, yeah. you know, you can see in theoretical physics, there's possibility of time travel with wormholes. That that's, that seems to be uh, realistic, but not in the sense that a human could travel through it or make use of it. But there, there, right. I mean, certainly within relativity, which is our system of doing physics, theoretically, there is stuff that's in the realm of time travel is possible. Like, uh, yeah, as far as our physical universe is concerned, but not humans going to Mike Tyson fights. Right. You living by the whole, you know, whatever common consensus is, I totally understand and respect that. And even would, would perhaps, yield to the fact that that's the best way of looking at it and i'll say this i'm watching a documentary on the 1960s on netflix and they have one episode obviously devoted to the jfk assassination and one thing i did not realize is immediately the week after the assassination weeks to follow the vast majority of people were like what in the world is going on why aren't people coming out and and being more forthright with information and the fact that like that people are considering that was the turning point in which people stopped trusting the government. So I would say you're right, but I would say most people believe that there's more to the JFK assassination than just Lee Harvey Oswald. I think most people would say, no, there's a conspiracy there with that one. I wouldn't say that about if it's most, then I'm with them. You see yeah. how that works? If most people, yeah. including experts and the people that know the most wind up with a new position, I will adopt it. With right, them. and I'm saying That's that is I'm the looking. case with JFK. That is the case with JFK. That's not so the, the consensus is that it is a conspiracy. Yes, the consensus is that okay. it was not just a lone gunman. Even scientists, no. you know, the magic bullet theory is hogwash. I mean, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the damn news. And that is the damn news, my friends. And the best part of the damn news is, yo, we got Morgan is awesome. That's what she turned in. She said Morgan is awesome. Well, I guess Morgan could be a boy. It could be a boy. Sorry, I don't know your gender. You should have specified. Jenny Little. 
Little is one of my favorite words. I don't know if I've ever told y'all that before, but it is. I love the word little. She is blessed with the last name little. Hannah McLaughlin. Hannah McLaughlin. Maybe go faster. <laughs> Justin Klein. Dustin Morrell. Oh, Merle. Merle. Like Merle with Zilla. a U. Yeah. Chris Brown, the R&B star. David Tyler. Tyler Gardner. Hey, you're doing my job. Jared Spooner. I'm sure he pronounces Lawrence it Ochner. Jared Ocker. Spooner. Lawrence Ocker. Ocker. Look, let me do this. Ford in a bit. Ford and Nabinet. Dummy. Courtney Partial. Not Marshall. Brittany Partial. Austin. Like Partial. Uh, like a little bit of something. Brittany Austin. Jehoshaphat Holland. <laughs> John. It is John Joseph. John Joseph. Is, is John that Joseph. supposed to be a joke? John, John Joseph, Joseph Holland. It's well, it's spelled J O N J O S E S. John Joseph. John Joseph Holland. Hunter Hines and Amy Moore. We love you guys. Uh, now, Joey, want- I, I know that everybody, you assume everybody knows what you're talking about, but you just started saying a bunch of lists of names of people, so at least tell them what that's a list of. Well, I'm These about are people to. he's going to kill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is his, he's just trying to, he's not actually going to kill you, but he wants to. This is how he gets the evil out, right? These are this people. is your list of people to murder that you aren't going to actually murder. You just if as long as you say their names, you don't have to kill them. These are people with new access to God's blessings. Amen. They uh, have a deeper access to God's that's blessings. That's what I'm talking about. In a way that other people don't. God's blessing. See, basically, I'm going to tell you a website I'll to tell go you about to a website right now. About Jesus. It's called badchristian.com forward about slash Christian and Jesus. contribute. Contribute your money. There are people all around the world receiving blessings from the Most High God, and it's because they've gone to this Plant website to sow seeds. Do you want to be a seed a sower seed or a seed grow. squasher? Sow a seed and watch it grow. So a seed and watch it grow. Soon you really know. Woo! Badchristian.com slash contribute. Badchristian.com contribute. Badchristian.com contribute. Give us a seed, watch it grow. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.